There is nothing in the entire universe to rival the marvels of born again, which literally means born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ says born again is the only way you can see the kingdom of God. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again is the most magnificent event man can participate in, and the greatest miracle man can know, even greater than the creation of the universe itself. Sound exaggerated? Consider this. God created the universe just over 6,000 years ago, which we can, of course, prove beyond any reasonable doubt. The world as we know it ends at the soon-to-come Battle of Armageddon, where the victorious Christ begins his thousand-year reign upon the earth. If the evangelical world is reading the Scriptures correctly, this event is close, very close indeed, from start to finish. The world as we know it exists for 7,000 plus years. The born again, on the other hand, live forever and are one with the Father and the Son for all eternity. John 17, 11 through 23. It's true and bears repeating. A blood-bought soul is worth more than the aggregate wealth of the entire universe. The enormity of born again is seriously amplified when one considers the end of this earth and universe, 2 Peter 3, 10 and 11. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Dear friend, have you yet to be born again? Today you are being offered life and life more abundantly here, and eternal life in the hereafter, even to eat from the tree of life and drink from the fountain of youth that Jesus calls living water. You can begin to participate. You can begin this marvelous journey today. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, everything changes today, and I mean everything. Today, all of your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, all of Satan's bondages will be broken, every single one. Today, you are in the valley of decision. Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Revelation twenty-two ten and 11. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Man said, 
I revel in the latest and greatest, and not an old Bible written thousands of years ago by old men. Not the old way. I want the new. So what if we are in a constant state of confusion? That's what new and change are all about. Impressive, don't you think? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 1,124. All of these word-centric features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May the beauty of God's countenance shine upon you and your home. I need to know it's true, all true, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and the first word, in, to Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, and the final word, amen. Everything depends upon it. Is the Bible the inerrant word of the living God, perfect in its entirety and its precepts ageless? Two thousand years ago, man drove up in his chariot and committed adultery. Today, he drives up in his automobile. Nothing really changes. Do we need man's latest and greatest? Or do we need the rock-solid, ageless truth upon which to build our lives? Consider God's word to the backslidden Hebrews in Jeremiah 6.16. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. It takes far more faith to believe in today's academic God called evolution than it takes to believe in what the skeptics would claim is the most bizarre and outrageous claim in the entire Bible. The evolutionary doctrine the world embraces strains all semblance of credulity, whereas the Bible's claims are so easily supportable. This certainty includes every marvelous commandment, precept, and miracle beginning with creation itself. God Said, Man Said has published over 1,100 features confirming the perfect inerrancy of God's beautiful book via highly credible third-party sources, and it's hard to think of even one challenge skeptics have made that God's Word has not easily handled. Embrace God's Word and live forever. The mountains of truth that certify Holy Writ are so colossal that it should boggle the brain how Antichrist positions such as evolution, which must rewrite itself as every new scientific contradiction comes to light, can find any traction in the minds of men. It is foolishness of the highest order, and this spirit of deception will reign at the world's end of days. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 8-12 eight, eight and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Surely a spirit of strong delusion is afoot. Among the evolutionary community, living fossils 
are creatures discovered alive today of which fossils have been found and dated to supposedly millions upon millions of years ago. What surprises evolutionists about these living fossils is that the living creatures are identical to the fossilized remains of the creatures supposedly millions of millions of years old with no changes, no evolution. It should be noted that this is not an anomalous occurrence. In fact, these so-called living fossils pop up rather frequently. Henry M. Morse writes concerning this matter in his book, Many Infallible Proofs. Excerpts follow. A prime example of this situation is the earliest and most primitive form of life yet discovered. These are the one-celled organisms found by Barghorn in the Precambrian rocks of southern Ontario and more recently discovered still living today. Among single-celled organisms, the discovery during the past decade of survivors from a very remote past has been equally remarkable, though here it is partly a matter of finding essentially modern forms as Precambrian fossils. The most remarkable of these, and also one extraordinary from first known as a fossil and then discovered living today, came from the Gunflint Iron Formation of southern Ontario, which is about 1.9 billion years old. This is not an exceptional case by any means. Numerous types of so-called living fossils are known from all the geological ages, including others even in the Precambrian. This fact is still more obvious if the comparison deals with basic kinds rather than specific marine species, which are the usual index fossils. That is, for example, sponges, snails, and jellyfish lived in the Cambrian, clams and starfish in the Ordovician, scorpions and corals in the Silurian, sharks and lungfish in the Devonian, ferns and cockroaches in the Carboniferous, dragonflies and beetles in the Permian, pines and palms in the Triassic, crocodiles and turtles in the Jurassic, ducks and pelicans in the Cretaceous, hedgehogs and rats in the Pelocene, rhinoceroses and lemurs in the Eocene, beavers and squirrels in the Oligocene, camels and wolves in the Miocene, horses and elephants in the Pliocene, and man in the Pleistocene. The above are only random listings, of course, and could be considerably expanded. Except for the many now extinct animals, such as the dinosaurs, it looks as though the fossil world was not greatly different from the present world. As far as the extinct animals are concerned, it should be pointed out that extinction is not evolution. If the marine invertebrates of the Cambrian evolved into the fishes of the Devonian, which evolved into the amphibians of the Permian, which evolved into the reptiles of the Jurassic, which evolved into the apes of the, terreti the tertiary, which evolved into the man of the present, one wonders why marine invertebrates and fishes and amphibians and reptiles and apes still continue to live together with man in this present world. If natural selection converted the Crossopterygian fish into the first amphibian, for example, as evolutionists allege, why didn't natural selection eliminate the Crossopterygian fish in the process? How can one have his cake and eat it too? Though many kinds of animals in the fossil column have become extinct, or at least have not been found to be living in the modern world, 
There is no indication of how they came into existence. All the basic kinds appear suddenly in the records with no prior history of gradual development from the simpler kinds. This is particularly true of the complex assemblage of forms in the earliest of the geologic ages, end of quote. The following excerpts are from Whitcomb and Morris's book, The Genesis Flood. Almost equally anomalous are the many instances of supposedly ancient and long-extinct creatures which have suddenly and unexpectedly turned up living in the modern world. An example of this is the odd creature known as the Taltera, which now lives only in New Zealand. It is the only sole living representative of that order of reptiles known as the beakheads. Today, it is of no economic importance. Why, then, should this reptile attract so much attention? The answer lies in the eventual realization that the Taltera is a relic, a living fossil, another way of saying that it is the long survivor of a group of animals that had its heyday in the distant past. Despite the present-day existence of the Taltera, not one bone identifiable as that of a beakhead has been discovered in the rocks laid down since the early Cretaceous period some 135 million years ago. The skeleton of a reptile found in the Jurassic deposits of Europe is so nearly identical with that of the living Taltera that very little change in the bony structure must have taken place during a period of 150 million years. Another recent discovery, quite amazing to the evolutionists, was that of the colacast, a supposedly long-extinct fish whose fossils are abundant, and the Paleozoic and Mesozoic strata. The Harvard paleontologist, Dr. A.S. Romer, remarks concerning this discovery. The colacanths are a marine offshoot of the Crossopterygii, a group essentially ancestral to land vertebrates and hence of evolutionary importance. Typical Crossopterygians have been extinct since the Paleozoic. The fossil record of the colacanths extends to the Cretaceous some 70 million years ago and then stops. In consequence, I, like many other lecturers, used to tell my class emphatically that there are no living Crossopterygians, and I can well remember my amazement in the winter of 1939 at seeing in the London Illustrated News a photograph of a living, or rather recent living, colacanth. Even more remarkable than the discovery of the colacanth was the recent dredging up of several specimens of a living segmented mollusk at the depth of 11,700 feet in the Acapulco Trench of Central America, representing a primitive type that supposedly became extinct in the Devonian period. The biologist Bentley Glass, reporting on this find, says this, To geologists, the recently reported discovery by the Galatia expedition of the extraordinary deep-sea mollusk Neopelina galathae will seem even more incredible than the famous discovery in the recent times of Latimera, the living colacanth, the newfound mollusk represents a class that existed in the Cambrian to Devonian periods of the Paleozoic and was supposed to have become extinct about 280 million years ago, end quote. 
Dr. David Catspole wrote an article titled Surprising Lizards in Amber in Volume 38, Number 2 of the 2016 issue of Creation Magazine, in which he discusses fossilized lizards and their near-identical modern counterparts. In 2007, evolutionary researchers made the significant discovery that resin flowing from hand-sawn cuts in swamp forest trees can entrap aquatic and other organisms in the swamp water. This should have been a turning point in regard to the mystery of the origin of amber fossils. As we pointed out in Creation Magazine at the time, the researchers' observations, plus their surmising, that amber fossils could have been preserved only by burial under layers of flood-borne sediment. It dovetailed beautifully with the biblical flood, Genesis chapter 6 through chapter 9. Thus, the catastrophic global flood of Noah would have vastly multiplied the amount of resin available for entrapping organisms, uprooted trees smashing against each other in the swirling currents and waves, would have lost their bark and released copious quantities of tree resin. While still fluent, the resin would have enveloped both aquatic and terrestrial organisms displayed from their unusual uh, displaced, excuse me, from their unusual habitat by the floodwaters. As new scientists observed, resin in water is probably more of a hazard to insects than resin on tree bark, and recognizing that sedimentary rock layers and the embedded fossils therein date from the flood of Noah's day, only about 4,500 years ago, vaporizes evolutionary notions of millions of years. Unfortunately, however, the recent reporting of a research study on 38 fossil lizards in amber found on the Caribbean island of Hispanola has not regard, regarded this. Instead, coming from an evolutionary perspective that posits these amber fossils as being 20 million years old, the researchers were amazed to find exquisitely preserved anole lizards which showed no evolution. For these reptilian specimens in amber are identical to their modern cousins and show phenomenal detail, including the color of the lizard and whether its eyes were open or shut. In other words, of lead researcher Dr. Emma Sherratt of the University of the New England of Australia, he wrote this, These fossils were really surprising because of how much detail they contained, allowing us to see how these lizards would have looked in real life. Most of uh, ours had full skeletons, and details of the skin were impressed on the amber, providing very detailed images of tiny, tiny scales on the body and on the sticky topaz. You could have taken a lizard today, embedded it in resin, and it would have looked like one of these creatures. That's how realistic and modern they look. Sherat describes such stasis, i.e., that these lizards haven't changed evolutionary in the mood of 20 million years over which all of main animal types evolved, as very striking and quite surprising, end of quote. According to evolution, all main animal types evolved over the past 20 million years. But look out. Living fossils are everywhere. Where is all the evolving? Take away words from today's science in uh, Dr. Catchpool's article include 
really surprising, very striking, quite surprising, identical. There are no surprises in the camp of the faithful. But Jesus describes man's carnal condition well in John three eighteen through 20. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. God said, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Revelation twenty-two ten through 11, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Man said, I revel in the latest and the greatest, and not an old Bible written thousands of years ago by old men. Not the old way. I want the new. So what if we're in a constant state of confusion? That's what new and changes are all about. Impressive, don't you think? Now you have the record.